Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. We're back. It's been a few weeks since I've put one of these episodes out. We were intending to do this a little bit before I went to Chicago, and I'm sure you guys also did things over the course of the 4th of July weekend, but this is an important one. And I'm so excited that you guys have listened to this podcast, despite probably not wanting to always listen to your dad, but you know, I get it. Listen to your dad on the podcast, listen to he and I wrap around a little bit, and then come on today and and be willing to share some stories. So this is a special episode. Morgan, Aaron, and Logan Lozer. What we typically do here on Tripping Over the Barrel is everybody's going to introduce themselves, kind of tell us your story. And then in this case, you know, want to want to get into the relationship you have with your father, some of the funny stories, we can make fun of them, you know, let's just have a good time. So starting with that, Morgan, you're the oldest, you already have a grandson, Watson, I believe. Yes, yes. And uh, I can now say another one on the way. Too, oh, congratulations. So. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yes. Like Aaron was going to explode because she knew they knew the secret, and Aaron was about to lose it over there. Do, do you know the <laughs> sex? No, no. We uh, we learned with the second one. We don't need to find out that early because we don't care that much. <laughs> I mean, we care, but you know, this is not that important. We got other stuff to do this time. So, uh, but yeah, I'm the oldest. My story. I don't know if you want that. We got a lot yeah, of Timmy. Definitely go on forever. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the oldest, arguably the loudest, the funniest, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, got a lot of dad stories because he's the easy person to have stories about and we did a lot of stuff together. So I know. feel like you, you're like what? 24, 25 years old, 24, 20, yep. 24, about to turn 25. Well. Exciting time in your life, certainly starting a family. What about professionally? Did you go to A and M? Like, what was your path to where you're at today? No, no. Much to my parents' dismay, mm-hmm. I went to the <laughs> University of Arkansas, which my dad said was fine, since at least I stayed in the SEC. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be a nurse, and my dad said, uh, "You know, we're not paying that much money for you to keep changing your mind." Uh, <laughs> came home and went to nursing school. And uh, now I'm a nurse, uh, an ER nurse. So, living in Houston. Now I live in the middle of nowhere called <laughs> Inez, Texas, All right. uh, which okay. is outside of Victoria, which they call the crossroads because it's like two hours from Houston, two hours from Corpus, two hours from San Antonio. So, I live in the crossroads. <laughs> So you won't be. But really, I live in the middle of nowhere. The town I live in has a population of a thousand people. Is it just extremely hot there? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's my only issue with Texas, and I've said it on this podcast before too. I never got a good, clean answer out of Tim because Tim, like, also understood just how brutally hot it is and was in Houston. Like, I always could have seen him living in a place like here, just the way he'd like rave about it. When it would snow and get cold, he's like, "Yeah, that's that's." I could, I, I could never. But you guys understand. all stay south. You guys all stay south. Yeah, I could never understand yeah. the man loved the cold. How they ended up? I mean, I know how they ended up here, but how they stayed here, I'll never know because he loves the cold. But fun fact: my mother is allergic to the cold. It swells up like a blowfish. So. Yeah, not going to work out very well. <laughs> There's weird loser family stories. I, I was aware of that. She's allergic. Tim tried to tell me a story. I didn't want to hear it. It didn't make sense. He also claimed that he didn't vomit for like 32 years or something like that. Did you know this? Yeah, he broke his streak, though, a few months ago. He was very good. That was his streak once he started having gallbladder problems that he was was very upset about it. He was like, I I just almost made it. And I was like... What I mean, who who counts that? And (laughs) I almost made it. Like that's (laughs) he was so proud of himself. No, he he spoke about it with a sense of pride, and I think we wanted to talk about it, but we never 
quite did, but it still hasn't fully sunk in that it was like a 32, 33 year streak. Cause that's just not, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And the, la- and the last time he would have told you was a drunken night that he go. made him, he made himself throw up. So it might oh, not have actually counted. That counts. And we, he and I talked about, I go, that <laughs> definitely still counts. Like it's the, yeah. you still threw up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. anyways morgan we'll come back we got a million tim stories um aaron you are a 22 year old aggie if i'm correct almost yes yeah so tell us your story also i believe you said a number that you have to do something with what aren't you the class of 22 or did i make that no i'm in the class of 2023 i'm the class of 2023 at a&m uh, but I just started uh, my master's three weeks ago. So I will be actually graduating in May of 2024 with a combined master's and bachelor's in athletic training. And then I'll go to PT school after that. Well, that's cool. So so we've got a, a nurse and a physical therapist. Yep. All right. Okay. Interesting. So where are you living at today? Are you in Houston? Are you in Texas? Where are you at? Uh, I'm in College Station most of the time. Uh, I've got an apartment here in College Station, and then I kind of commute back and forth uh, some weekends uh, back home, just depending on my schedule. Do you go to Yale practice? Oh, that's a must. I am actually working the football with the football team this fall during – games and practices that's so i'll be on the sidelines let's go aggies we'll we'll get get back to that but i just (laughs) want to get to the phrase yell practice okay so i saw the videos of yell practice not i don't know if it was ever referred to as yell practice on espn or whatever when they showed it but this is would be the point in the show where i would go tim what's yell practice so i'm gonna ask you aaron what's yell practice it is a big deal. Uh, we have midnight yell before every football game. Um, and it is at midnight the night before our big games. Uh, and we all gather in the one Regardless side of, of what time? What? Wow. So regardless of what time the game is, even if the game's at noon, you still go at midnight, 12 hours before the game. Yes, Presumably, maybe imbibing. And yelling, practicing your cheers. Yes, we got to practice our yells so that we can all know the signals for the game. Show Amazing. And then you get up the next day and you tailgate, you go. Yeah. The easiest one is this one, though. This one's the one you probably, most people have heard before. You go this way and then you go backwards and then forwards. That one is farmer's fight. Well, we are farmers. We're an agricultural school, so we will fight. Not quite how it goes, but yeah. No, it goes a little bit more like this, but we don't need to get yeah. more Texas accents out there. But maybe we slow it down and go Arkansas on them. <laughs> Logan Lozer, double L's, LL, cool L. <laughs> I, you know, I was always curious about you because Tim, well, I guess to go back to, you know, this is my podcast, so it's about me. That's, you know, the important part. We have to recognize that, right? Obviously. Tim recognized that too. It's about him too. You are the youngest. And yes. I remember talking to Tim about this maybe a 10 years ago. So I have three kids. I have two daughters and a son, 12, four, uh, sorry, 12, 10 and four. So we had the two close together. So like in my time knowing Tim, I just had my first and my wife was about to have the second. So I, we really got to know each other sort of as like, fathers and i i looked to him for information because like there's no manual there's no school on that and he already had you he already had three and i asked him a lot of questions like how do you do it financially and he's like i don't know right but but in general like we had a third and it was many years later and now i can i i think that's a connection that tim and i can you know had, had bonded over but i'm curious for you sort of growing up as as the baby, like what, what has it been like for you and your parents had probably gotten all their like agro family, like <laughs> teachings and patterns and management out of their system and let you just go climb around and hang out with possums. 
What was it like for no, you? No, literally, they let her play in the street. Like, for real, they couldn't find her one day, and she was, like, actually in the street. I, I remember this story, and I was like, I don't believe you, Tim, because, like, my daughter would walk, like, half a step, probably like Watson. You're like, oh. <laughs> but, but for you, you were, you were more free. So, so talk about what it was like for you growing up as the, as the baby. Well, there are definitely a lot of things that I probably got that they didn't. And I'm sure that Morgan was probably quite mad about it because, like, the phone, <laughs> we had to wait until we were 13 to get a phone. And I got it when I turned 12 instead. Oh. By the way, I-, I made a PowerPoint presentation for why I needed a phone at 13, and they gave in because I made the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> And then she just got one at 12. I was yeah, fully ready to wait. <laughs> no rock in the boat. So, so where are you at today? You're actually on a mission trip, right? Through the church. Yes, I am. I'm through Faith United Methodist Church. We do a mission trip every year. We love it. And dad was always with us, so... Everyone's kind of missing him right now here. So we've definitely talked a lot about him, big, told big, a lot of fun Tim stories. Okay. We actually went out to a work site today. They wanted me to come out with them because they've been playing, quote, Tim games. Yeah. That's, you know, I didn't know about this as much. And, and maybe he was just more private with certain things, but I didn't realize how tight of a tie um you guys all have had to the church. It seemed like a really beautiful group and, and, uh, you know, a really nice, nice church, um, where it sounds like he gave like a decent bit of time. I guess he was just always so responsive to me on email, text, phone, and all that stuff that I didn't notice it, but he was probably giving a lot. And it seems like that's something that's been passed on to you. So Logan, when you're on these missions, like what is, what do you do? What do your days look like? So some of the things that we do here are, so right now I'm with safety. So we go around giving the teams that are working Gatorades and water and stuff. But what my dad would do is he was a work team adult with the youth and they do, they build porches and ramps for people that are in need of it. Yeah. the And that's the, I'm going to drop it for sure in the, link to this one, Fort Bend Ramps. Again, I wish Tim was a little bit louder about this stuff, but he was never really somebody that asked for things. Um, But now that I see, and even amongst my clients and friends, there's been an outpouring of donations to that group, and it's nice to know that you're carrying on that tradition as well. Um, That's something that, yeah, in the last, like, couple months, I realized that he seemed to have a a work-life balance like nobody I know. I mean, he. everybody talks about how hard he worked. And I'm sure the other two know that we would always wonder, how does he get anything done at work? Because he's always, like, he was always up there, like, playing games and, like, calling about weird things. I was like, I don't know how he is ever working. And, Good. yeah, answering the literally... I called that man until the Monday he came home on hospice. I called him every day, probably twice a day, likely to tell him nothing important. Right. Um, and it, it w- I can't imagine, because I know the other two did it too, and I know my mother called him. I cannot imagine how he got work done for the life of me. And everyone talks about how good he was at his job, and I'm like, wow, man. So I don't know how. Let, let- let me, my daughters would probably say the same thing, but let, let me give a little bit of, of reflection on that because it is a really um, insightful comment. I think me and even your dad to an extent grew up in generations where it's like, you are a teacher, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're in the military, you're, you know, whatever, like it's, you're a businessman, like you just sort of have an identity. And I think Tim actually represents more of what happens like now where he's like truly more about like human connection first, which is part of why he and I really got along and why I think he's done well in business is because people generally do like, if all things are equal in business, like you'll just do business with people that you like and that you trust a little bit more. 
right? And and Tim like really kind of checked those boxes. So yeah, he didn't necessarily have to like grind. Like, well, he went in at six a.m. and he left at nine yeah. p.m. and he wore suits. That's not Tim, but Nick. he still like did those long overnight trips and would go to the Middle East and he'd always be on time to call. So it's just the little things and being consistent. And I think he set a good example, at least for me, and from a business standpoint, like how to be a a working dad and also be able to disconnect because that's what matters. Like you guys went to all 50 States together mm-hmm. and I still deal with this. Like this is a challenge and you guys will deal with it too. Like we're all addicted to our devices. Right. Yeah. And then it becomes more challenging to disconnect and somebody needs me for well, this. Oh, and if I can't do it. Devices weren't allowed on our 50 state. Oh no. There oh, were no. Really? No electronics. See, there you go. No, we would There's be. There's a lot of togetherness. We'd be stuck in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, going to the action figure museum, which I don't nope. remember where exactly it is, but it is in Oklahoma. No cell phone, which I probably was like 15 at the time, thought I was had a knife in my heart. Okay, <laughs> at an action figure museum with no cell phone, thought I was. Paul's dying. Valley, Oklahoma, folks. Paul's Valley. And, um,. You know, it, I mean, it was, we had foil balls that my parents would throw back at us that had candy inside of them. Oh, the best, and we right? Could open, and we could Oh, open the, the best thing ball. was about getting your own bed. Yes. It had little roll-up papers in there. <laughs> you got, you got to pick sometimes where to eat, where you, uh, where you could sleep. Well, so I think it might have been like something what we could do or something like it'd, that. It'd be like, stop for ice cream. And of course that would happen like. For the life of me, I can't remember where the world's largest hand hand rolled ball of twine is. We also went there. That's and, gotta be uh, Nebraska, yeah, or Kansas, Kansas, or something. Oh, Nebraska. Nebraska. I feel like Nebraska. I went past that. Where we went on a true, a true Tim adventure, and we went to a bar, which was the only place to go next to the hand spun ball of twine or whatever. Uh, yeah, right, right. And, Weird um, history stuff. Ice cream bar. That makes sense. Yes, and um, the only thing they served basically was like bar food and uh, Chinese food. So <laughs> we ate. We ate. It was interesting. Chinese food at a bar in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Which I was talking to my mom about this story, and she was like, "What you don't know is that we were sitting at that bar trying to ask everyone where the closest gas station was because right. we were going to run out of gas." Well, hey, you guys. Have, <laughs> it looks like it's your uh, northern. Chinese style, but there was a gas station around here. And so, yeah, we had um, some Chinese food in Nebraska, which I don't remember being good, but I'm sure it was really tasty. We could probably look it up, but you know, I don't have my crack research team, which was, was of course Tim. So, so I want to, I want to pivot real quick. Um, I, I really, really like the 50 state stories and I want to get back to those, but I thought of your dad when I went to, Wrigley Fields in Illinois. I was there. I think I left the day that we were supposed to have our initial recording, then ended up going out there. And what I kind of missed when I was there, like I even said to myself, man, I would love to talk to, to Tim about this is like comparing experiences in like professional stadiums or restaurants. Like it's always like then this, and it would always never just be like that first level conversation. So I'm curious about like some of like family favorites. Like what are some of your memories where you guys look back and you're like, that was cool when we went to Alaska or when we went to this place in Oklahoma? Like does anything stand out? Logan, you want to go first? Because I think we might all have the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Logan. You know, we you know my dad and I we did actually go on some local places in Houston a couple times because we liked some food interests that were similar. So we went on what I like to say was a daddy daughter date, I guess. So he took me out for Thai food once and that was not too long before COVID actually. And then I'm going to be going to Thailand pretty soon in January. So Whenever cool. he found out, he decided, oh, we'll go out and eat Thai food again. So he took me to a Thai restaurant in downtown Houston. I love it. 
I love it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're asking me like places we traveled, my favorite place is like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, was probably a great, va- it was a great vacation, great place to be. I have like very fond memories of it, um, of also being freezing at the infinity pool. I'm sure. Um, but like locally, there's this little Indian food place in a gas station. Oh yeah. No, they, people talked about this. They're like, hey, you got to know Ahmed or whatever his name is. Anor. Uh, yeah. I can't for the life remember. Yeah. And I. I remember being eight months pregnant with horrific heartburn and he suggested Indian food. And I was like, sounds great. Let's go. And, you know, we went and we ate Indian food and I probably regretted it the whole rest of the evening. But yeah, it's a, it's an Indian food place literally in a gas station. And it's very good though. (laughs) And it's still there. So hopefully they can sponsor this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know if the gas station Indian food can swing it, but <laughs> I've heard it. Uh, it's been mentioned a few times. Um, it's, I mean, it's good. I don't know how I found the place. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how I found that place, but it's in a gas station. So I'm like a little sketched out, but talk, talk about your relationship a little bit with your, with your grandparents. Um, there, I, I always sort of knew Tim's, I guess both sides really, and I've I've met them over time, and of course more recently. Military family, um, and I I wonder sort of how that's bled into the parenting of you guys. That both of your parents are kids of Air Force people, right? So like they both learned things a certain way, which was pretty methodical, right? In particular and on time, right? Which are all really good qualities to have. But I'm curious, like from the grandparent side of things, were they even like that times like a hundred because they were older or did they had, they loosened up at the, the, the times that you guys had hung out? Hmm. Well, our mom's dad is wild. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just a wild time. I can't imagine him ever being a strict parent or like, I, in my head, I can't imagine him parenting at all because he just, he, like, says things at inappropriate times that you think, like, it's like, my mom and I always joke that, like, old people become, like, little kids. They say yeah. things, you're like, yeah. oh, no. Oh, no, we don't say that out loud. No, we don't. No, we don't. And it's a constant with her dad that you're always like, oh, you know, we don't say that. That's, you know, we don't do that. Um, but then my other grandparents I think I always think Opal is strict, but I don't know. I don't know if strict is even the right word. He's just very even keeled, very like very regimented, but not necessarily strict. That yeah, sounds like that sounds face. like Tim. Would Tim did did he yeah. ever get really pissed off at you guys? Because like, of course, I get really annoyed at my kids. I could see like the only people he really get pissed off with. I don't know. Did he though? Because nobody else saw it. I don't know about y'all too, but he never yelled. Never yelled. He didn't yell. The whisper was the scary part. Whisper. The whisper. He would get close to your ear and he would whisper in your ear, like like through his teeth, and yes. his beard would be like on your face. Oh, it was so much worse than just getting yelled at. Yes. His teeth, his teeth would never open. Only they never open. He talked to his teeth the whole time. Really? He's like, yeah, yes. yeah. Better his lips right never now. like Oops. came apart from his teeth. No, that's funny. Which is a stark, <laughs> a stark contrast to my mother. I, I mean, they're wholly different in the way that they like communicate. Um, but where like she's very loud and like, "Hey, stop that!" And he would just be like, "Come here!" And you're like, "Oh no, oh no!" He, we didn't get in trouble from him as much though, because quite often he was the one getting in trouble with us. Like when he would let us eat on the, you know, the living room floor and then we would sell them out and then we'd all get in trouble. Yeah. He'd be like, Hey man, if you just didn't tell your mom, none of us would be in trouble, but now all four of us are in trouble. So yeah, yeah that was often he was we all got in trouble, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Logan really liked to sell us all out. She, she mom- really liked to tell on us. It's, yeah, my it's mom would come home from a weekend away and Logan would be like, look, mom, this right here, this is where dad let us eat. So <laughs> like, oh, 
football game like, where dad let us eat. Carl would be like, oh, really? Hmm. And then we'd all get in trouble. Thanks, Logan. Yeah. It's Thanks, easy Logan. to blame the baby because the baby's never going to get the same consequences. Like, well, you know, Morgan and Aaron, they know better. Logan, though, you know, she's figuring it out, right? Yeah. So you, you get that pass. Um, yeah, Karen, Karen I, I said this when we had uh, Billy Jacks and that crew on here that she, like, I really thought it was funny the way that they would interact, where she would basically just be like, no, you're not doing that. Like, he'd be like, here's a really fun idea. She's like, nope, not, <laughs> not happening. So, we, like, it, yeah, <laughs> I love that. You guys probably saw that all the time. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he was the idea man, and she was the one to be like, yeah. maybe we think about it. Maybe we think about it. And I this- mean, we've all heard his joke restriction, uh, like, as a kid, but he was definitely put on it as an adult, too, by my mother. A joke, I'm sorry, a joke restriction? Like you're only allowed to say a certain amount of oh, jokes in we a haven't... day? No one's told that story. Go ahead. Oh, that's Dude, a good that's story. inhumane. That's inhumane. No wonder he loved the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Such a f- when he was younger, it was a formal joke restriction. Here it was yeah. more like he knew when he told a certain joke, he would look around and be like, is she going to hear me and yell at me? <laughs> he had a few jokes that were not supposed to be told and with all audiences around and he right. decided sometimes to take a little walk on the wild side and would get it from Karin yeah and you could feel her eyes just <laughs> staring at you through the back of your head so, so he like, would what, he, what he would Morgan. do is, is he, would, he would be like Morgan knows the joke she can tell it when I became an adult and like I can't get yelled at anymore he'd be like Morgan can tell the joke he would just throw me right under the bus Morgan tells the joke now so that he couldn't get in trouble anymore because now we knew his jokes that's called delegation and that's a skill that he clearly (laughs) learned in his management probably another reason why he was great at his job (laughs) are you guys all like you seem very social are all you guys talkers like when you're not with each other it seems like you have to fight to get a word in a little bit but when you're out with friends are you guys the talkers yeah. Yeah. I feel, I think part of the low surge gene is that you have to take up a lot of social space in a room. You got to have a big personality. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, you just wouldn't survive in our family otherwise. At least not this immediate nuclear family. You just would be. You'd be just drowned away. out. Yeah. I say it definitely I think goes in order. It's like Morgan, me, then Logan for who talks the most to the least. To the least. I, took, I took a lot of space from the beginning. So nobody else got in the room. After it's just my constantly dad. been a fight. It's like that here too. My wife's like, I don't understand. They all just talk so much. I'm like, so do we. Right. So yeah. <laughs> they're just trying to fight to get a couple words in. That's all. Yeah. Uh, that's you guys have that. a, have a beautiful, a beautiful family. And and I went to the house, you know, I, that was the first time that I saw the 50 States thing. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys all remember the 50 States or were there some points where you were just like babies and too young and it didn't register? Most of them, we were older. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were, Logan was the youngest. So, I mean, there might be some, but I mean, do you remember them all? I think. Yeah. I remember them all. Yeah, because, I mean, Logan was, I think, over 10 by the time we started the journey. And it was something that I said in passing that I said, I want to go to all 50 states before I turn 21. And No way. And like four years old or something like that? Five years old? No, I think I was probably like 12, 13. What? Really? I thought you were older than that. I I mean, I might have been older than that. For the life of me, I can't remember, but... I just said it in passing and my dad being my dad was like, well, hmm, you know what? And let's do it. And they just started doing, and then he just came one day and said, let's just do it. Let's just go to all 50 states before you turn 21. And so, uh, the summer, yeah, the summer that I turned 21, I think was the summer we went to Alaska and Hawaii, which was our 49th and 50th state. That was a good move on your part. Hey, you know, <laughs> 
I still haven't been to Alaska or Hawaii. So dad, mom, you know, so your, your mom is a teacher. My parents are teachers. Um, how were you guys able to balance that? Did most of the family time come in the summer and Tim would like take his time off then? Or like, how would you guys long weekends? Um, like what were sort of like the awesome times of year where you'd get that intensive family time? I don't know that it was one time a year. We, uh, nice. my parents were really big on everybody, um, eating at dinner at the dinner table. Um, not nice. every night, but most nights. And, um, uh, even when my dad was out of town, I mean, he could be in Oman, Saudi Arabia, wherever. And he called before our bedtime every night to tell us good night. I mean, it could have been 2 a.m. his time for all I know, but he was at 8 p.m. Okay. calling us to tell us good night. Um, that's amazing but then then, i mean i think probably the best family time we had was sitting around the dinner table i mean we would eat and then we would put our plates up and we would all stay sitting there i mean for hours hour yeah really yeah yeah i mean just talking about our days telling some truly stupid jokes you know keeping the tv those are some of the best memories i have or like you know again with you know we had to be told you know all the time we would Logan would be getting in trouble and you know dad would be trying to keep Morgan and I under control at the dinner table because my mom would be yelling at Logan and Morgan and I would be laughing hysterically shoving cups into our mouth trying to not look like we were laughing and he was yelling at us to stop stop and laughing Brian and I would push our cups like so hard into the corner of our mouths to stop ourselves from being able to laugh oh while my, my dad was sitting there with his hands folded saying stop it stop it stop right now stop it stop it because it was because logan had this whole thing if there was something green on her plate it was salad okay <laughs> parsley and how dare it be on her plate because that was salad the and greens. she didn't like she didn't like salad okay so cilantro on salsa it better not be there because that's salad yeah <laughs> that's not fair okay? no logic <laughs> like basil and pasta I don't think so. That's salad. Um, what about tomatoes? Tomatoes are technically a fruit. No um, tomatoes even. No still tomatoes now. too close to a vegetable. Probably. It was just the salad thing. I mean, she would yell, "There's salad on my plate." My mom would be like, "It's not salad, bro. It's parsley. Like, can you eat it?" Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that was a no. That was a big no from Logan. I would say as we got older, though, we definitely still like. Not quite as much yelling at us at the dinner table, but still a lot of uh, funny times of laughing and like, you know, I I mean, we'd be sitting there for hours some nights just talking. Just a just a really talkative family. Still, like, you know, and Logan, I know you're just dying to tell a story. I can just see that you're sitting there <laughs> waiting to tell a story. But yeah, so- I just just shit on you about your salad you can redeem yourself <laughs> <laughs> but logan i, I want i really want to touch on you a, a little bit um like how old are you now are are you in high school and and are you thinking about going to a&m engineering or, or something in like the nursing healthcare world so i just finished my first year at lamar university i am nice. an american sign language major and right now I'm considering medical interpreting and advocacy for the deaf. Wow. Well, so, so we might all be in the medical field in some one way or the other. The urge I had to say, what did you say to that is so hilarious to me because <laughs> I know where I got that from. So no one's going into sales. Nobody's going into oil and gas. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> This on my brain. No, not enough. No, not enough uh, chemistry or math going on in here to keep going past the just the basic levels. Which, by the way, my dad went to school to be an engineer, and he would he said that from the time he was in fifth grade, he was going to go to school to be an engineer, and it wasn't until high school that he learned that he was not going to drive a train. I mean, he was <laughs> that he was not going to drive a train. Wait, so I don't get to do that? He, they, someone told him when he was like in fourth or fifth grade, oh, you're good at math. You should be an engineer. And so he, from then on, said, I'm good at math. I'm going to go to school to be an engineer. And he was a freshman in high school when he learned that, like, oh, shit, I'm not going to drive a train. I mean, like, he 
truly. And he he would tell that story and be like, no, nah, I'm still kind of disappointed kid. I'm not driving a train. But I mean, he could have done it. He could have done it. He was it. like, that's not what I was going to do. Yeah, he drove an 18-wheeler, not quite a train, but definitely a large vehicle. Yeah. Something with like the half shifts, the half gears in them. Oh, no. Hmm. But he did. He drove an 18-wheeler. He went to very cool, I don't know, 18-wheeler driving school that he talked about all the time. Yeah, I got some special license. It's called a CDL, Aaron. <laughs> I know. I just don't know the acronym name. I don't. I don't know what it all stands for. I know. I did almost bring Shell and Tell for my dad's past, which seems dumb to bring Shell and Tell to a podcast. But look, there's a video recording, okay, of his Hess coveralls that he wore. Really? I forgot them, but yeah. Once uh, are, for internship, he interned for Hess. Those are somewhat legendary. I have his green coveralls, so. Nice. That was a weird time. I was you laughing know, at it. It's, it's, I'm imagining that just things are, things are a little bit quieter right now. Larry, Larry Denver said this to me. He goes, man, this has been the first time in 25 years where Tim wasn't just talking my ear off. And I think that was probably a little bit with you guys too, right? Like you just... You grew up with chatter, with conversation, with thinking, with with love, you know, and, and I can see that that really reflects and, and shows through you guys. Um, and, and I think you'll you'll carry on his tradition in, a, in an amazing way. Your parents were pretty young when they had you guys, for sure. Like you too, Morgan, you know, like I felt like I was young and I was about 30. Right. So I can imagine that they were still figuring it out which like I give them a little bit more credit because when you're younger, it's like, you really don't know what you're doing. Right. So you got to go out there, you figure it out and you make it work. And, and now I can see you're doing it too. And it's really impressive. Oh, well, my, my husband, when my, we brought my son home, he said, I don't know what to do. Nobody writes a book about how to be a parent. Literally. Like, well, they do. We didn't read them. People write them. We didn't read them. We didn't read see, any of them. So who knows? Now we're talking business ideas, like raising babies for stupid dads, for dumb dads. I could sell a million copies of that this year. Well, and, you know, you say my parents didn't have it together, but both of my parents are very like, you follow the rules. You go to school, you graduate, you get married. For sure. Kids, you do this. And so they probably had it way more together than me, who, as my dad said, squeezed a lot of life into two months when I... (laughs) I I found out I was pregnant, got married in a wedding that we had been planning for a year, uh, got a new job and bought a house. No, you didn't. Oh my God. Wait, hold on. Two months. It was a little stressful. I just had a conversation about this earlier today at lunch. Three of the most stressful things you can ever do is have a kid, change jobs, and move. Don't even get me started with get married. That's like its whole different category. But those three things, and you threw a wedding in there too. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. crazy. Found out I was pregnant in June. Uh, got a new job mid June. Bought a house. No. Moved in in July, and then got married in August. No. Yeah. Tim would jokingly say that I squeezed a lot of life into one summer. Sure did. Meanwhile, like Aaron was. Logan was going to school for the first time. So my parents from my wedding drove to move Logan into college. Yep. Um, so they squeezed a busy time, squeezed a lot of their life into that summer too. Cause that was a lot happening that summer. I mean, Aaron had stuff going on. They went on their mission trip. They drove from my wedding to move Logan in. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I just still dropping podcasts though. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys listen? Did you guys ever listen to the podcast? Did you listen to every episode? Some episodes? What was it like? I'm not going to lie. You can be honest. You can be honest with me. uh, I stopped understanding them all the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's Uh, very niche. Super niche. They were funny, but I I couldn't follow. I'm like, I'm sure this is really funny, but I don't know what you're saying. It was, yeah, it was just super, like, super narrow, I think, as far as scope. But what what was nice for me about Tim is he's, like, as conversational as me. He's probably, he's a little more serious, for sure. But but what, he couldn't get out-technicaled, like, out-nerded 
You know what I mean? And I'm wondering if that's the case with you guys too. Is he just like the walking encyclopedia, the guy who knew a little bit of everything about everything and then was actually right about it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Logan. Probably Logan. Because his daughters, because his daughters would be the ones to say he was full of shit. Logan, could you tell us how much the average human head weighs? Do you remember? No way. No, I don't. It's like 20 pounds or something. 8.25 pounds is the average. 8.25. Yes. We know that because Tim knew. Because he he read it somewhere (laughs) and installed it into his brain for the rest of his life to tell someone fun facts about it. I mean, it would, we would literally be sitting there and if there was like a lull in conversation and, you know, in a meeting or meeting, I never went to one with him, but you know, in anything he would just, well, you know, the average human head weighs 8.25 pounds. Who knows that? Yeah. I don't know, but well, he does. My mom. It's an underrated part of life. If you the king of cut off your head, you lose weight. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. My sorry. mom referred to him as the king of useless information, which is. Definitely. That's that's for sure true a little bit with him. But he also had a lot of real information. Like when we would talk about um, anything subsurface to the ground of the earth, he really knew that stuff at an expert level. And and he would get, we'd have A&M professors and people who'd been engineers and executives forever. And I'd have to be like, what are you guys talking about? So, so I do get why it wouldn't be the podcast to listen to. My family generally doesn't listen to this unless I say listen to this episode because like oh, yeah, the first seven minutes are relatable. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the first seven minutes because it may be relatable, but you'd be surprised. We've had a ton. We get a ton of downloads. We got a ton of downloads. And I think that like, as I've had a chance to go back and listen, it's like more the chemistry than anything else. You know, like this is my my road dog, my co-pilot, my freaking talking guy, the guy who can't stop talking. I would never do that to him, by the way. And he'd always be like, all right, this, it'll be that here. That. <laughs> I never once did that. He would do that. Oh, yeah. Sounds but I'm like, I'm glad I put you in a position to do that because whatever yeah. it is, it was awesome. Well, and his, like, his, I just, his curiosity was so, like, infectious i think it came to all of us too is that like there was nothing that he wouldn't want to learn more about i'll never forget like a year a year into dating who's now my husband who hunts all the time he i came home um well we didn't live here i came to his house and he's on the phone with my dad which was strange to me at the time that like why would my boyfriend be talking to my dad and they're in-depth discussing how my husband or my dad could shoot a deer and it could be yes. halal so the people at the office could oh God. and they i mean <laughs> deep in conversation talk about this my halal dad, shit my dad's like three-way calling somebody else trying to ask okay but what if we did this okay but what if we did this okay but you know what I, and my husband is god love him a little country bumpkin who would never have asked how could i shoot a deer to make it halal but because my dad just had this curiosity that would just rub off on anyone around him. My husband is, you know, two hours deep in a conversation with my dad of how they could get to the ranch, shoot a deer, make it halal, get make sausage, and bring it to the office for everybody mm. to try. And for the I'm, Indian guy, what was it? The Indian because there was an Indian guy who would only eat halal food, but mm-hmm. it may have to be blessed or something. He would call yeah, me. We've talked about this. He would call me. They both Wait, decided neither of them should yeah. probably be qualified to bless anything, so they never got to do it. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, but it's just so freaking Tim, you know. And and mm-hmm. that's like that was some of the some of the fun stuff. But yeah, he jokingly shot his axis to be halal, but <laughs> I don't think he ever tried to pass it off as <laughs> anybody for real. But he was like, in my head, it's halal, and I did it. Okay. I think it had to be a bow and arrow, right? Wasn't that part of the halal process? Like, I don't know because he didn't see. Where's Tim when you need him, man? This is exactly I know. what he, I would need to ask. Again, you know? I know you had to like say something before about how like you recognize like what you weren't didn't deserve to take this animal, but you were taking to eat it and blah blah blah. And like, all I know is the axe's head. My mom said, "Thank you so much for leaving this for your dad. Please remove it from my home. It's very creepy." <laughs> 
<laughs> it wouldn't come out our house. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, any more stories uh, before we sign off? This has been really fun, and and I'd love to hear a little bit more from from Logan. And you know, I like I said, I know you're the youngest, and it's not all the the easiest to come up with the the words to this. But but I want to kind of understand from you, like, what are some of the things that you feel like your dad instilled in you that you're going to carry with you? Definitely the natural curiosity I got from him. I mean, just today, somebody looked at me and said, you worry so much about little details sometimes. I said, hmm, yeah, that I got that from dad. (laughs) Just, yeah. There are little things that you notice you get from your parents and there are just some things I definitely got from my dad that just like him, I'm curious about some things that I just want to learn some things that are going to be useless information, but they're fun to learn about. You say that nobody else cares about, which would also might be true. but <laughs> until, until they're not, until they're not. And I think that was part of what was the magic of Tim, of Tilo was it's useless information until it's not. And then all of a sudden you've got a deeper connection with somebody because you have that one story from Sherburn, Connecticut, where we stopped through and had a deli off of exit 56 a, and I've seen him have these conversations before. And I really hope for you, you guys are younger. I really hope you lean into that even more. The, the curiosity component. Cause to me, it was always like a big kid. And he would just like, I mean, obviously a, an adult, but he was just so curious, like just this, he, he, even about where I grew up and everything, what was the population of your hometown? He would ask you questions like that. You know what I mean? And, and that's just different. And, and I wish, you know, more people do that. So don't be afraid to lean into that. Even people say it's nerdy or it's this and that, like you guys have been given the gift of, of gab and of memory especially of useless information. And I hope you, you continue with that. Erin, any, uh, any final thoughts? I would say, yeah, I, we actually, you know, we got, we've always, we've got, I got the bond for, you know, A&M. So we right. have uh, the last, you know, few years have been fun because, you know, him reliving basically his college life through me and getting to do everything has been really uh, special for me. Uh, just to kind of have that connection to him for myself yeah. and to continue on the uh, true dedication to the Aggie spirit and the Aggie network that he definitely had what, what's more the, than anyone I what, ever met. What's the hand symbol? There's like a hand symbol, right? Like what's the... Oh, just the giga? Dude, that is a good one. He's doing the wrecking crew, Aaron, I think. Oh, oh, I don't well, I don't do I didn't do that one, but yeah. Yeah, you that, weren't there. That's the a good one. Gigum. I don't even know what that means. I don't care. It's a long story. We got all kinds of stories. That'll be it for another time though. That'll be that'll be when I launch my my next podcast. Right? <laughs> okay. In twenty twenty seven. No, I'm just kidding. I'll 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 figure it out. And you know, I I Morgan, before I give you the final word, I just wanted to jump in and and say this. Like the this podcast changed my life um, for the better, for sure. And your dad was a big part of that. And I hope that you guys saw that, like, it would put a smile on his face when he would do these episodes because it meant just that much for me and, and even to a lot of our listeners. So it's just like he went downhill so fast and we're sitting here like, what do you do? Like, I don't, it's weird for me to not have a co-pilot. Sad. It sucks. I mean, I'm sure for you not having a, a father, you have, you know, even much stronger feelings, but um, I, I admire your strength. Um, same with Karin. I, I know you guys all have a lot on your plate and you're young and, and, and you're tough. And I think your dad would be incredibly proud of um, how you guys are carrying yourselves amidst all this. So Morgan, I'll, I'll give you the final couple words. Um, I mean, I think something that he said, uh, this he came home on hospice on a Monday. So on the Sunday, or when we all no, actually it was Monday morning, wasn't it? When we all went yeah. up there, he said like, "I don't want this to halt your 
endeavor. So don't want this to to stop whatever ball is already rolling. And I think that's something that everybody should remember is that like he, he selfless is all get out, but would never have wanted anybody to stop their ball from rolling. And so, you know, there's, and I think in his final days, not his true final days, his final years. I mean, he checked off so many boxes with all of us. I got married. He got to meet his first grandkid. He got to send Aaron to A&M. He got to send Logan to Lamar. He got to go on mission trips with all of us. He got to do all of these things that now, you know, when major life events happen, it is sad. And I think all of us, like I said, we called the man all the time we got so much trouble for it there's been so many times when i wanted to pick up the phone and be like there's a fucking peacock in my backyard can you believe and then i'm like oh can't do that because i mean who who do you call to tell them in the middle of the day at 2 p.m there's a fucking peacock in my backyard but i mean (laughs) i swear there's been times where i'm just like I'm t- my wife comes in, she needs to talk. I'm like, Tim's in the middle of a story. I just put it on mute and it was blah, 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 I work in the ER, what's up someone's butt or, you know, whatever. He he really needed to know all that stuff. And so the first time I was driving home from work and I couldn't call him, I thought like, oh shit, like this is weird. You know, who's going to ask yeah. me if I had, if any of my patients had something in their butt today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to ask me that? And we so, need more people asking questions like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's what but it's forced us all to lean on each other that we've had to call each other and be like you'll never guess what's in my backyard or what's my patient's butt or you know i mean we've all had the harder times but i mean it forces you to lean on each other which i think probably is what he would want in the end and he you know i mean the man literally had a sense of humor until yeah died yeah that's true it was hard that he it's hard that he went fast um, or faster than we would have liked him, but also, you know, he he wasn't himself at the end, so that was real weird. But you know, For I sure. mean, literally the day before he died, accused my mother, who was trying to help him take a drink of water, of drowning him. <laughs> he, like this guy is not. Yeah, no. He it's, held his hand up right. and was like, "What are you trying to do? Drown me?" I mean, he was like, right. "Stop!" and it was just, you know, I mean, he held the sense of humor till the day he died. And so I think that's what, and moving forward, I think, you know, find the funny in whatever you do, or maybe you just get a piece of useless information and take it with you because that's probably what he would have yeah. done. A hundred percent. And I, I want to thank you guys all for making time coming on. I know it's not easy. You got kids. Aaron, you're staying up all night for school. Logan literally took a break and is in a classroom from her mission. Um, I I really appreciate you guys coming on and honoring Tim on this podcast. Um, you know him in a different way than me, and I, and I think that you guys gave the the audience the audience a lot. Um, and I miss him, and I know you do too. But but at least we have like 76 hours of content where we can go back and listen to him yap on and on, right? Yeah. Thank you.